from Memphis, Tennessee, it's Memphis Board Live. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. What it do? We're live from high atop Mount Moriah, down the hall from non-stop hip-hop here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to MSO. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito. Usually joined by Mr. Sweet Team Marcus Hunter. He is not here today. He is watching his team lose, and hopefully they will lose. We'll track that throughout the uh, two hours. He is in New Orleans for that football game. But on the other side of the glass, we have Johnny Radio and uh, Conrad Hurtlocker. Uh, for the next two hours on this special Sunday edition of MSL. For the second week in a row, we are on uh, Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Next week, we'll be back on Saturday. So we'll be on in less than the seven days on Saturday from 11 to 1 this week uh, on Sports 56. But today, what's up, John? I got an idea. What is it? A little church theme. We can have, like, confession up in this joker. You want to do confession today? Yeah, man. Okay, we'll we'll take your confessionals during during hang up and listen today. How about I like that? that a confessional edition. Hang up and listen. Will happen at six uh, o'clock today in the midway portion of the show, which it always does. Usually it's at high noon because it's on Sunday, but it'll be at six o'clock. So six o'clock a confessional edition of MSL. Uh, Marcus is not here, but uh, we've got uh, so many people that will be stopping by uh, on on this edition of MSL. I'm real excited about it because we get a big time guest today. We've had uh, big guests in the past, but today we have. Uh, one of the biggest we've ever had, he is Brett the Hitman Hart, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of the 1990s, uh, will be joining us today uh, around 5.30. He's coming in to the Mid-South uh, on November the 30th to be a part of this big event uh, happening in Humboldt, Tennessee, uh, at Humboldt yo, Middle yo, School. Yo, Humboldt, Tennessee. It's, yeah, it's at Humboldt Middle School uh, on Saturday, November 30th. Brett Hart will be there. It's the ultimate Eight Invitational Benefit Show, uh, benefiting professional wrestler Mo, who needs a kidney transplant. We'll, we'll tell you more about that. But uh, joining us on the show today is Brett the Hitman Hart, the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Brett Hart, the best, one of the best, one of the best wrestlers of the 1990s. Uh, in the entire world, uh, he will join us right here on MSL at 530. So if you had a question you want to ask Brett, you can tweet us at Memphis Port. You can comment on our Facebook page, find it, Memphis Port on Facebook page, or you can text us at 67129. That's 67129. There's a text line here, 56 join. you got to text first. So if there's something you want to ask Brett Hart, uh, you, uh, you want us to ask Brett Hart, you can uh, get that over to us. He will join us live at 530. Also around 530 is when Dustin Starr is going to stop by. We always have our wrestling segment this week every month, third, third Saturday, or in this case, third Sunday, so the third week of every month, Dustin Starr joins us to talk wrestling, but this week, it's Dustin Starr plus Brett the Hitman Hart, and um, and hour number two, though, Johnny, um, get ready, because we're going to have, I don't know if she's a single lady or not, but she is a, a V3 fighter. Would you, would, you, would you date somebody, Johnny, that has bigger muscles than you? Kind of depends, man. Kind of depends? Yeah, it depends, you know, I mean... If she uh, if she does it but for you, me, you know, I don't, I don't but mind. The pro wrestler of China, were you attracted to the pro wrestler of China? Have you seen her before? You know, see, see, this is where you're gonna bust my chops because no, I don't know who China is, man. You don't know who she is at all? Nope. 
Oh my! Is she hot? Uh, look her up. Look up China, and you let me know if you would if you would date China. I don't know about our guest. China's not the guest today, but their V three fights is happening this upcoming week. So next weekend on on Saturday, November twenty third is V three fights. On Saturday the thirtieth is the big wrestling event in Humboldt with Brett the Hitman Hart, and Sonny's going to be there too. Do you know who Sonny is, Johnny? You need a Sonny. Is she a girl too? She was a female professional wrestler. Yes. No, I don't know. See, I don't watch professional wrestling. I'm sorry, it's not my fault. Mm. I watch. I will watch. Because here's the thing: when it was, you were just way too inebriated during the '90s. I guess so. Maybe that's it. <laughs> but uh, Sonny, you need to look Sonny up. I know you would. You would uh, date 1990s Sonny. But anyway, I've got you guys to sign these waivers anyway. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but you guys are no longer allowed to ask out any guest. I meant to print those up today. I still don't have those. So technically, you're Get not out of here. You're not contractually obligated to do that yet. I mean, we have we need to have an official contract signing. Uh, we'll do that next week. But to no longer allow to creep out or ask out. Oh man, I'm definitely down. Uh, our guest while they are here. Now, whatever you do afterwards, you know, it's you on know your what? Own you're time, crazy. What about what? You're, I don't creep anybody out. Oh, okay. But we'll have a female That's V3 fighter. That's not called fighter. creeping them out, man. <laughs> the, but but the, the big story is Brett the Hitman Hart will join us you uh, at, at 530, and everybody knows who, who Brett the Hitman Hart is. But uh, since uh, he's joining us in a few minutes, and there's so much stuff going on this weekend that we've got to recap, let's go ahead and do the starting five. Can we do that? What's wrong, John? You want to do the starting five? Oh, that's the music I'm used to. These are the five most interesting and important sports stories for the sports fan in the Mid-South over the past seven days with a big infamous uh, emphasis. Emphasis. Infamous. Uh-oh. Infamous. An emphasis on the past 48 hours. We're the first ones to be able to talk about what's been going on this weekend. And the number one story takes you to your Memphis Tiger football team because this is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. Very rarely did the Memphis Tigers take over the number one spot in the starting five. But they got their first conference win in their new conference, the American Conference. There's yet to be an official basketball victory in the American uh, That is conference. awesome. I watched that stuff. That's what I was watching. Football. Football yesterday, yes. Oh, you in the no, 90s? in the nineties. In the nineties. Okay. Sure, that was a, that was a fantastic era uh, for Tiger football. Great stuff. Late, great stuff. In the late nineties. Uh, first conference win for the Tigers in the, the new American um, Athletic Conference. I know uh, C.J. Hurt uh, on the other side of the glass. He is our our official guru. We're tracking this. He is our our, our Tiger. Football expert has been to every game, seen every minute of action uh, this season of, of the Memphis football team. They get their first win today. What was the what was the big highlight of the game besides knocking USF out of their bowl contention? Maybe the 56-yard field goal that hit the upright and kind of bounced in. The uprights have been real generous to Memphis this year. Yeah, they have. <laughs> They've been a big big factor. Uh, that uh, Porter did not recruit good uprights. No, not at all. Got always. If you have uprights to block field goals and knock yours in, you usually do pretty well, man. All right, uh, USF. That was their seventh consecutive loss following their their bye week. They're two and seven uh, on the year. Definitely, they cannot go to a bowl game. But uh, CJ, this is something we've got a post of it at MemphisSport.com. Uh, there are so many non-believers out there in the Memphis football team as far as making a bowl. They kind of laugh it off in the idea that we've said on this show uh, and uh, at, at many times that the Tigers still could make a bowl game. It's still a believable possibility. We're not saying it's gonna happen. 
But it might. They pulled away in this USF game. And, by the way, how many people accidentally said UCF uh, yesterday or USF? It's so tough with both of them constantly just on the phone. You were talking to a Tiger fan or or whatever about that game. You're just accidentally – you slip up. It's it's there's There's got to be a way to – to, to stop slipping up when you, between uh, USF and UCF, but it was USF. And so, the, so the big highlight you said was that was the goalposters. Paxton Lynch is, is is he playing? Is he turning around from the UT Martin game or not? No, oh my gosh, he regressed last game against so USF. He so had he, he had fifty eight passing yards. They w. threw it. They threw it like th- 15, 13 times or whatever. Fifty eight pass. You and I could have went out there. We could have had fifty eight passing yards. Three. So he has regressed. So that was just a you're playing a uh, Division Two way FCS school, and that's why you were able to to look good against UT Martin in spurts. It was only spurts in that game that did he even even look that great. But yeah. congrats, congratulations to the Tigers for winning this. The believability of them winning. I mean Louisville. They had last yesterday Louisville struggled. Yeah, if they if they get past Louisville, they get Temple and UConn, and I think those two have a combined one win amongst them. All right, so this is a, this is where it gets tricky as far as your believability in your Memphis Tiger football team as people's interest continues to to wane on on the rest of the season. Only one more home game that's Thanksgiving Saturday against Temple, but Louisville almost lost. Hold on, the game is on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Saturday. Okay, it's a don't Saturday do that. after Thanksgiving. Uh, but but Temple. Uh, was the team that almost beat Louisville. So if you're sitting here like we are doing right now and saying Louisville almost lost yesterday, but they almost lost to Temple, so you still got so Temple's a harder opponent than you thought they were possibly going to be. But you do have them at home, and you almost, but you do have and you have Louisville left. Uh, are you predicting CJ Johnny? Let's go ahead. Let's let's throw out. Do we don't think they're making a bowl. We know we think they're going to lose another game. I'm thinking they're going to possibly lose the next two and only beat UConn at the end. I think one of the next three is is what possibly they will beat Temple. They will lose to Louisville and then they will win the rest of the games. Period. So that's UConn. So that which is interesting. Have you looked at now? The only one that actually scares me is UConn because it's going to be so cold. What if they're frozen, man? Right. Those black those black uniforms can't keep them warm. It, it was Houston. It was Houston. Louisville struggled with yesterday. Oh, oh it was Houston. Well, who did Temple? Uh, compete with yesterday. They, Central Florida. Oh yeah, Central Florida. They almost knocked off the the conference champions. I knew yeah, Temple I just don't looked like good. To correct you. No, you can correct me. I knew. <laughs> I knew uh, Temple looked great though. They almost beat Central Florida. It came down to the to the very end of that ball game. Actually, it was a miracle uh, win for Central Florida. I still haven't figured out how it happened. It they did that against Memphis as well. You know what? They're magicians. Magic knights. They are magic knights. Like the Black Knight had magic, didn't he? <laughs> Aren't they in Orlando? Uh, uh, Central Florida, yeah. They're in Orlando, yeah. They got some of that Orlando magic. That Disney magic. magic. Do you believe in magic? I think they've had some magic wins against some lousy teams this season. Uh, but maybe Temple's better, but probably not. Because like, the same thing happened with Memphis and UCF, right? Doesn't mean Memphis is yeah, that good. Yeah, correct. Uh, but also, UCF is probably not that great. Well, we'll, we'll see how the, the the season ends up. Louisville at Louisville, home home against uh, Temple, then at at UConn um, as the Tigers roll through the uh, AAC. We're moving on to number two. Let's take us to basketball for a minute. Your Memphis Grizzlies getting a big win on the road. They've started this West Coast road trip. Got a game uh, going on against Sacramento uh, this evening, but they also they got that big win, eighty nine to eighty six. In the coupon, where's a mask for the first time game? I still want him to wear a Jason Voorhees mask. Okay. 
Would that not be so cool and intimidating? I think he should change his mask look. Because the first one, he looked like it would look like a Halloween mask. Can we give him a superhero nickname since he has a mask? You got one? He sucks with nicknames. He can't give anybody a nickname. (laughs) I don't have one. Marcus and I were trying to come up with one. I came up with Mass Avenger, and he came up. (laughs) Be quiet, Johnny. He came up with Super Dexter. Super Dexter? Because he does have Dexter as the last name. He is one of the the Super Dexter. No, that is absolutely pitiful. You don't. You hate it. Hate it. Because it's not Super. I think I don't claim to be the master of nicknames. Uh, there's the Dark Knight, though. He looks more like Batman, the Dark Knight. Not a super superhero, but a kind of, you know, a different type of a name. So I think Super Dexter doesn't work because it doesn't... It doesn't... That mask doesn't... Unless... I don't think the mask works for that nickname. I'll try to think of something. Uh, but that was really the the big... Well, besides Zebo, Zebo had a good performance. The defense still kind of looks lousy with the Grizzlies. Uh, they're on a West Coast road trip. The best way to start it off is with a win against the Lakers, a team that some people were predicting to be ahead of the Grizzlies at the end of the season. Uh, and getting a win over uh, players like Xavier Henry and Sean Williams with all their, their Memphis connections. Uh, that's one win. So that makes things on the bright side look like they could come back at 500 from this road trip. Super Dexter. I don't like the Super Dexter name. God, because it's like Dark Q or something else should be his name, like Dark Q or. Look, I didn't come up with Super Dexter. That's Marcus, who is not here to defend himself. So y'all take that up with him when he gets back. I like emphasizing his name being being Dexter, but uh, besides that, I've Dark Q. I think is a better. The Dark Q. No, no, I don't like that one. Uh, if I were him, I would change up the mask every game. I think that could be fun, like Rodman used to do with the hair. Like, uh, Coupon could change the mask up every game. Can we get a three shades of blue mask? What? Like a, bl- a mask with three different shades? Or like, a, we should have the grizzly bear on the mask. Right there on the nose? Mm-hmm. All right, that's... um. The Grizzlies, we're going to keep moving on. We're going to go to number three uh, in the starting five. The story from the week, Horse Memphis Tigers uh, basketball team had their first official game, Let's Go P against Austin P. But people, uh, you can't really learn that much from an Austin P ball game. What you can learn about is the Tigers when they take Oklahoma State on this week. And a, their first true test, the top 25 team, team that they're playing twice, it looks like. Hey, where are we watching that game? That's a big one. Probably Fox and Hound, right? I'm Port down. Over. Let's do this thing. It is a big one, and it's the true test. And it's really you look you uh, you look at uh, this this first game. Were you in it or this one, Johnny? I was like, you were you at this. Uh, game? I was at the first half. I left at halftime. What was your impression of this ball game? Um, we dominated. I mean, what can I say? But it was like you said, it was Austin Peay. I expected them to dominate. They looked very good. I like the way. Uh, but I mean, Josh they've rotated lost. It, Tigers have rotation. I think he's going to shorten it up, of course, when there's better right. uh, competition. But everybody came in there. Everybody played with energy. They got up and down. They played. Man, their defense it's, is pretty stacked. I like the way they've made a transition. A lot of people can't go out there. You can't just say, hey, we're going to start pressing now. And it's just you expect it to work. Is Pastor better at the rotations than, than Jaeger right now? I think so, huh? Well, right now, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's one and early up on. is a big difference. What, one and up. But against Austin P. This is, I mean, this is the, the, one, of the one of the best Tiger schedules uh, in recent memory. And Oklahoma State will will definitely be able to learn more. I think you kid, it's so tough to like say you can go to that game and so and so looks good. So what, they're playing Austin P. If I think it can show you if you're bad if you struggle against Austin P. But I don't really think it can show you who is playing good and who should be doing what as much as uh, if they were struggling. I think then it, then you can learn more from your team. 
uh, if you struggle against Austin P. So it at least just we nice know that they're the young kids, uh, you know, and see, you know, just what so many, it looks so, like. See so, many new, so many new, new faces. Additions. So yeah. many new faces. There's just a lot of new things. You got to see it. You got to feel it. And now we're ready to go play a little Okie State. Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to number four. Let's jump back to football. Uh, the uh, Let's talk college football from yesterday. So Ole Miss defeated Troy. Um, Mississippi State. What do you do? Mississippi State uh, could not kick a field goal. Uh, they Mississippi State hung in with Alabama, uh, much closer than I thought they could. Uh, but they couldn't get it. Mean, what is? I don't know what's going on with Mississippi State. Dan Mullen is the special teams coach, if I'm not mistaken. And the special teams were pretty lousy uh, down there in Starkville because uh, they put themselves in positions to do something against Alabama, uh, and and they couldn't do that yesterday. Uh, how about this, though? The big highlight for this region, Coach O getting a big W. Orgeron coaching Boom! Uh, Southern Cal. How you like that, JoJo? <laughs> and, of course, as we mentioned, we've already the other uh, games of, of local interest uh, as far as the American Athletic Conference uh, is concerned. Um Let's see. We also had. Let's see. What's what? Ha- what else happened yesterday? We had West Virginia, Kansas, boring. Uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt uh, played way too close again against against Kentucky. Are you still a believer in Franklin as a coach up there at Vanderbilt? They're ball eligible, right? Yeah. Well, then yeah, Vanderbilt. As long as because they're doing. Before Vanderbilt, before Franklin got there. this guy bounced? Get a better job while he's still. No, stay there. Stay there. Build the program up. Why not? Right, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, CJ. He should stay there and build the program up because he's just like some nice guy. What What would you want to do? You want to leave, go to another? Let's say he leaves and takes a. Let's say he gets a USC job. He leaves, he gets bounced from USC. The second they start losing, there's no loyalty in here. Yeah, if you he know what he can say? I coached at USC. Who so cares what? if you coached at Vanderbilt? <laughs> If this man builds Vanderbilt up, you think he'll be like a Bobby. USC? He'll be like a Bobby Bowden. He'll be like a Joe Paterno. Okay. Well, let's talk about Joe Paterno or Vanderbilt. Great. You don't want to be in the same sentence uh, yeah, as Joe Paterno anymore. Come on, anymore. Now. Come on. Oh, come on now. But Coach O, let's go back to Coach O for a second, because uh, as far as coaches, yet, he's the store. Coach O, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on your win. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, we just played some football, and uh, the guys ran hard, played defense, and hell, we hit him in the mouth. Hit him in the mouth. Now, do you think, Coach O, that they will bring you in to interview I don't know, for, the coach, for, for the coaching job, the head coaching job over there at USC because of this big win over Stanford? Uh, like I always say, if you got a thing, put it in a gumbo, and it's going to be delicious. All right, so I think that's a, I think that's a yes. I do think that's a yes. Um, coach O... Um, joining us now about so you think you could interview for this job, CJ? Would you, do you think they would? I don't. I, I'm just, I think here's what I'll just go ahead and say this. I'm not going to ask you to. It's not going to happen. Coach O's not going to be the coach at USC. I know he's joining us now uh, and talking about his famous gumbo, but he's not going to be the coach at USC. But the question is, he could be a coach somewhere else. This could help propel him to some, another job. Not oh, in the he'll SEC. He'll be he'll be a head coach somewhere. Not in the Somebody's SEC. Uh, I mean, you're talking Sunbelt. Why can't he go coach in the Sunbelt? You think he'll take that job down there, maybe coach? I don't know. Who? Does he want to be a lifetime assistant? Things are going to get sh- uh, sh- shaken up at, at USC. You know what I learned out here in Hollywood? They got chicken waffles. Put it in the gumbo. Okay. Delicious. Coach O, would you, would you be an assistant uh, coach at a major? Would you rather be an assistant coach at a major school or a head coach like in the Sunbelt or Conference USA or even American Athletic Conference? All depends on the gumbo. 
All right, I think that I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. All right, moving on to the story five. Number five, this is a sad story coming out of uh, yesterday. A bowling legend. It's not every week we talk about bowling here in the starting five, but a bowling legend and a Memphis legend, uh, Billy Hardwick, passed away uh, yesterday by a heart attack. And we just talked about Billy Hardwick um, on this program uh, a couple weeks ago with Greg Akers, how we talked about uh, his son Chris Hardwick loves talking, and he loves and, and Billy Hardwick loves bowling. How it was a son that loved talking, and uh, a father who loved bowling. But um, his son, of course, the host of uh, all the the talking shows on AMC and all those podcasts. Former host of Singled Out. But uh, you know, I never had the privilege of meeting Billy Hardwick. But I spent every Friday uh, of the summer during my formative years uh, bowling up there at his bowling alley, uh, Billy Hardwick's All Star Lane. And I mean, if you're a Memphian, like I think, like you think of weather, you think of Dave Brown, you think of bowling, you think of Billy Hardwick. If somebody says you're going bowling, they assume you're going to Billy Hardwick's ball, All-Star Lanes. I was there last Friday, had some fun bowling. It it, it is awesome. I do think the token black dude at the bowling alley was that CJ. CJ. I, Billy Hard. I think Memphis needs to rename a street. Bowl. Uh, this is a perfect street name too. If you're a bowling legend to get a street named after you, uh, Billy Hardwick Lane, right? Billy Hardwick Lane. Why is there not going to be a Billy Hardwick Lane? There better be one, uh, and there better be a Billy Hardwick Lane somewhere out there near Quince, near the bowling alley. They need re- rename a street bo- Billy Hardwick Lane. Because if you're a bowler, naming a street after you is, is what needs to be done. Because it's going to be a lane. Of course, that would make sense. All right. So rest in peace, Billy Hardwick. Um, I love that place. I'm about to, making plans. I mean, I was seriously talking about Billy Hardwick just a couple of days ago. We're having a big charity uh, thing up there with the Green Beetle and Max's Sports Bar. And I was talking to people about Billy Hardwick uh, just on Thursday night. A, Mem- a true Memphis legend. I'm telling you, if you think about bowling in this town, you think about Billy Hardwick, and he will he will be missed. All right, that does it for the starting five for this week. If you want to get in touch with the show, so many different ways you can do it. You can tweet me personally. Everybody knows my Twitter because I was on the cover of the Memphis Flyer uh, with my Twitter handle. That's Ed Cerrito. Uh, Johnny the Sleaze of Memphis is at Johnny underscore radio. CJ is now at a new Twitter handle, Con Radicalness, on Twitter, uh, or you can tweet the Good show. Good luck finding that one. You can tweet the show at Memphis Sport. If you have any questions you want us to ask Bret Hart, you're 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 running out of time for that. Bret Hart's going to join us momentarily. Uh, you can text the questions to six seven one two nine. That's six seven one two nine. If you've never texted the station before, five six join first to six seven one two nine. You can also find us on Facebook. We'll take your question uh, submissions uh, there as well. And coming up at noon, we're taking your confessions. It's a Sunday confessional edition of Hang Up and Listen. Coming up at six. I keep saying noon, but coming up at six six p.m. today uh, for Hang Up and Listen. Send that 360-8255. Save that number in your phone, 360-8255, because we're giving away Tiger tickets and other great stuff at 6 o'clock during Hang Up and Listen. But up next, the excellence of execution, Brett the Hitman Hart will join us. You're listening to MSL on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Sports time with George Lopetis. Now weekdays at 10, only on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Up and coming, up and running down. Welcome back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. GK was on the radio. WHBQ. All right, welcome back to MSL. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. We're on the special 5 to 7 Sunday edition of the show. 
If you ever miss a portion of the program, you catch the podcast at memphisport.com. We're about to be joined by Brett the Hitman Hart. But first, joining me now in studio is our regular wrestling expert. He is a current uh, active professional wrestler, and he joins us every month to talk about wrestling. He is Dustin Starr. What's up, Dustin? What's going on? <laughs> Fired up. It's a special Sunday edition. We have the excellence of execution. He's right. coming on. And then also, I will be at the show on November 30th in Humboldt as well. So right. Catch the, me in the, ring. The, the big show coming up on November the 30th at Humboldt Middle School in Humboldt, Tennessee. How far is that from Memphis? It's about 90 minutes. It's right. just outside of Jackson, Tennessee. So All you right. just hit the interstate straight up. Boom. You're there. All right. Our first guest today, he is a former WWE champion. He's the WWE Hall of Famer. He is the excellence of execution. He is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there there ever ever will be. be. His Brett the Hitman heart. And he joins us right now. What's going on, Hitman? Hey, you guys. Nice to to get a chance to uh, talk to all my friends down in uh, the heart of Tennessee. Oh, you're not calling us Hicks this time like you did back when you were feuding with the King. <laughs> no, things have uh, things have improved since then. All right, uh, Brett, thanks for joining us. How, how excited are you about uh, coming back to Tennessee uh, on November 30th uh, in Humboldt and in the Mid-South, in the, in the King's territory where you once uh, feuded uh, with Jerry the King Lawler? Well, you know, it's it's so it's going to be fun to go back there. Uh, it's been a long time since I had a chance to get back to Tennessee. I know I've been to maybe to Nashville a couple of times in the last couple of years, but I mean, it's Memphis is. Uh, you know, I've, I spent a lot of time in Memphis. You know, in my WWE years, you know, I had a lot of great, great matches and great times there. And uh, it'll be fun to get back uh, and, and see a lot of some, you know, a lot of the fans that uh, cheered me on for years. That was a, a, a big time in, in your career, of course, uh, for many years in the 90s. You, you feuded with Jerry the King Lawler, and part of that feud like brought you to the local Memphis wrestling show while you were the WWF champion. Like, how, did they, how, did they come up, how did they come up to the WWF champion? They asked him, hey, we want you to go uh, wrestle the King you know, at these uh, not as big a WWF shows, at the Mid-South Coliseum and on the Saturday morning wrestling shows. Like, how did they come up to the WWF champion and ask him uh, to do something like that? Well, you know, it, it was, uh, it must have been a, a sign of, um, the, the relationship or the respect that, uh, Vince had for, for Jerry all along, even back then, because, uh, <clears throat> he, you know, he personally came to me and asked me to do it as a favor. And, uh, you know, I, I was wrestling Jerry. I think he wanted to, um, Jerry and I to get more familiar with each other and, uh, and working down there might help Jerry and might help, uh, help us, um, you know, have better matches in the WWE also. Yeah, but you guys had one of the most unique feuds in the WWF and even in Memphis here because you had the role reversals where you were a big baby face in, in WWF <laughs> and then you were a heel here in Memphis and vice versa for the King. So it's very similar to the days where you had you were a baby face in Canada and a, and a heel in the U.S. I mean, how do you pull that off? That's that's extremely difficult. You know, it's... It's a it's a testimony to the to the wrestlers and the fans of that era, you know. Um, to the truth was Jerry was a great great villain, and uh, <clears throat> you know that I think in fairness even even I was a good villain in my time. So that when it came time for role reversals, where when I came to Memphis for me to to be the bad guy and let Jerry you know reverse position and reverse, reverse roles, 
well, you know, being both of us being sort of seasoned veterans, we could pull that off really well. I remember, you know, like you talked about a few minutes ago, but I remember me and my brother Owen laughing our heads off at the promos and stuff we did down there, sort of making fun of uh, people from Memphis and. You know, it was it was it was pretty hilarious stuff, and we we had good memories from from the reactions we got. And it was fun having our matches with Jerry and being heels down there. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, it was like we're we're uh, back in the WWE, and we're uh, you know we're the we're the good guys, and Jerry's the bad guy. And it was it was a unique uh, time to pull that off. All right, Brett the Hitman Hart's joining us uh, right now. He will be in the Mid-South on November 30th for a show in Humboldt, Tennessee. Uh, spe- speaking of your feud with the King, it, one, of the, one of the later parts of the feud ended up with your Kiss My Foot match with, uh, with, with Lawler. Uh, was that the weirdest match stipulation you've ever been involved with? No, actually, you know, it turned out <laughs> to be pretty good. Um turned out to be a pretty good idea like it worked really well and uh you know it was a bit uh hokey like and a bit comical for you know uh, a lot of people you know it felt a little silly sometimes but Lawler had such great heat you know he always especially I think we had it in Philadelphia is where we actually had that match and uh I can remember it actually saved the pay-per-view I, I remember thinking like you know in my mind not really thinking it was it was more of a you know a comic relief kind of match and uh, in fairness once we got out there it seemed to be what because in those days the Philly crowd was kind of that ECW kind of crowd and uh, <clears throat> they were kind of going against uh, the grain of whatever the fans were or the, you know the promotion was trying to present like they would cheer the you know cheer the heels and boo the baby faces and it was really hard to get reactions in uh, Philadelphia at that time but um, that's what they that's what they did I'll tell you, uh, Brett, I have never seen anything like that. When you stuck your toes in Jerry Lawler's mouth, and then and then to take the cake, you take his foot and stuff it in into his mouth. I mean, what, like the reaction from the crowd, it was just, it was one of the most disgusting things you ever see, because you saw these promos of Lawler getting his feet all dirty and getting getting them ready for you, for the hitman. Well, you know, it was uh, it's one of those lost classics that uh, people don't really talk about or remember too much today. But it was um, it was a great uh, it was a it was a great match. I, I remember there was so much fun uh, getting those reactions, like sticking Jerry's foot in his mouth and uh, sticking my foot in his mouth, and fans watching. You know, it was a comeuppance for a lot of a lot of crap that Jerry had put me through. So the fans that had been waiting, and that's most of the fans around the world that were watching the pay-per-view from Canada to Europe to wherever, it was a it was a brilliant match. They loved it. Uh, you know, I get a lot of uh, fan mail from far, far away places like the Philippines and places like that. They still remember the Kiss the Foot match. It's like the, one of the first things that comes to mind because they loved it so much. <laughs> Which, you know, um, it's it was a... It was actually a pretty good match. Like I said, the, the pay-per-view that day, I remember uh, in the end, the other matches kind of ended up sucking bad enough where they weren't that good or <laughs> nothing special about them. That When me and Jerry went out, we tore the house down. They, had, they got, blew the roof off the place. And when I finally crammed my foot down his mouth, they went crazy. And, uh, you know, it ended up being like, I can remember Vince saying, I saved the whole pay-per-view. And I don't think anybody thought of it in that terms when before the pay-per-view started. All right, Brett the Hitman Hart's joining us. Speaking of, of matches, if you could get back in the ring in your prime against another star in their prime, 
who would you uh, get back in the ring with? Um, there's a few guys that come to mind. You know, I'd I'd love to wrestle the like in today's wrestling. I would love to wrestle John Cena one or once or twice as a as a heel. I would lovely really love to have worked with him. I think we would have had a great uh, um, a great storyline in the sense that the Bret Hart that was like the really sort of the anti-American guy that was from say circa 1997 wrestling John Cena right around now would be a would be a really great um, would have been a great matchup you know it, it just from a just from a from a fan perspective it would have been a great uh, matchup to, to to have somehow pulled off some before my career ended uh, you know if I hadn't got hurt with the the injuries with Goldberg and stuff like that that uh, I could have had some great matches before my career was over with someone like Cena would be would come to mind uh, you know another guy CM Punk I mean who wouldn't want to wrestle CM Punk I think he's for sure one of the best in the world and uh, you know Daniel Bryan is another one that um, you know I would love to uh, have worked with him you know and then even Rey Mysterio and who wouldn't have loved wrestling two or three more times with Undertaker and Stone Cold and even Shawn Michaels I mean right. you know who's who? who's to say you know when they look at the matches that we you know that we had through the through the 90s and whatever it's a shame that we didn't have more matches after that that you know that the whole thing that happened with me and Vince and Shawn and everything blew you know kind of ruined storylines that would have taken place you know for the next 10 years or so and probably I would never got hurt you know if I'd never uh you know, left the company, but this is you know that's just that's just the way life goes. But uh, there's a lot of matches that I wish had taken place. Uh, you know, going back to guys I like to worked with. I mean, who you know, people ask me today about guys I wish I could have worked with. I just would like to have worked with one time somewhere on tape, like a pay per view or a Saturday night event with Jake Robertson. I never worked with him ever. Any never had a single match with Jake Robertson in my life. And I just think, geez, that is, you know, he was a great wrestler that was around. We were around all the time in the same dressing room all the time. We just never, never made the dance one time. Never, never once even tied up, you know, and that's, that's a shame. Are there you know, even Ricky Steamboat, I only worked with, I think, twice. You know, it's like, you know, it's too bad that we didn't wrestle more often to have a, have a that we didn't have a storyline, they say, back in, uh, you know, in the 80s when I first got to WWE. It's a shame that I wasn't doing more stuff with some of the great workers that were there, like Jake and like Steamboat and and even Macho Man. Well, there there are so many guys that are still on on the uh, on the payroll at the WWE, especially in the de- developmental territory, where you have the guys like Steamboat and Steve Kern, and you mentioned CM Punk earlier, and they all go down there and do training um, with the new talent coming in. Or are there any of the wrestlers or any of the old boys that you still keep in touch with now that that you would call your friends? I'm, um... I would call almost all of them my my old. My, I'm on pretty good terms with all of them, and I have a lot of respect for the steamboats and you know the Mike Rotondos and the Barry Windhams. And there's lots of guys that uh, I'm good friends with. Roddy Piper, or Mick Foley, uh, Steve Austin gives me a shout every once in a while, and you know I, I have a good rapport with uh, a lot of the old the, you know the old names. You know, even just a few weeks ago, I saw you know, the old uh, Kevin Nash and. Scott Hall and One Two Three Kid and kind of the the remnants of the clique and that whole sort of you know seeing those guys it was kind of nice seeing them we all went back to the old good days you know when we were sort of um, having our fun in WWE probably circa '95 we had a lot of good Owen stories and stuff like that and so you know I I have a I have a good relationship with uh, to 
just about everybody in wrestling right now. Even Vince McMahon, I'm on, I'm on excellent terms with Vince, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I like um, I like where I sit in the world of wrestling. All right, we're talking with Brett the Hitman Hart. He'll be uh, in the Mid-South on November 30th in Humboldt uh, for a big uh, benefit for so Sir Mo, the uh, former member of Men on a Mission. All right, uh, Hitman, I got a couple uh, other questions for you uh, before we let you go. That You're always considered one of the best uh, in-ring workers probably in the history uh, of wrestling. People always say Bret Hart really puts on a good match and is great in the ring. Uh, what is the secret to having a good match, and do you think um, you could maybe train somebody like Hook Hogan into having a good match? Well, you know what? The, I think what I, I liked as a compliment, I had a lot of old-timers always told me years ago, um, you know, that I never wasted a lot of moves. Like, uh, there was no... I didn't just do something for the sake of doing it. I did it for a reason. Like, there was always a, a sort of a storyline. Like, I was either working a guy's leg or trying to stomp his leg or put him in submissions, or I was... There was always a, a thread of a storyline, you know, where... Um, you know, a lot of guys didn't apply the like this. Like in today's wrestling, sometimes it's so fast paced and so many things going on that you know it gets a little too um, it gets too cluttered with too much stuff going on. And uh, you know, when you watch some of the, the old matches, you know, like if like I said, if you watch the me and Lawler have that kiss the foot match, it's just a it's not quite the um, it's not the race car job that you get from today's wrestling. Everyone's going so fast. They're going a hundred miles an hour and they're all, you know, they're all a lot smaller so they can do a lot more high flying stuff off the top and jumping into the padded walls. And, you know, but back in my day, the, the, the floors were pretty hard. The railings were all pretty hard and there was no big padded wall. And there was, you know, it wasn't, it was just, it was just all, um, you know, it had to be a little more, um, careful with each other than uh you know, I have a lot of respect for the wrestlers today. They're going hundred miles an hour and there there's so many guys that are sort of raising the bar as far as uh, you know, creativity and uh sort of you know, inventing and creating moves that nobody's ever seen before, like um Punk and you know, Daniel Bryan, stuff like that. They seem to come up with stuff that when I watch I go, geez, I've never seen ever seen that move before. Or they'll take a sharpshooter or something like that and turn it into something, and you go, "Wow, that's impressive! I really like that." And uh, there's a lot of uh, novel, you know, guys that are sort of um, creating a lot of new stuff. Antonio Cazero, like <clears throat> another guy in the WWE that wrestles that kind of old technical, smooth wrestling style, kind of like Pat O'Connor, and a lot of guys did years and years ago. He is so and, strong. He is so strong too. Oh man! Yeah, it, there's some. There's some absolutely phenomenal wrestlers out there today that uh you know when people i have a lot of people tell me oh i don't even watch it anymore and the wrestlers today aren't very good and you know what i don't agree with any of that there's some uh, absolutely maybe the best wrestlers there ever, there's ever been wrestling right now and uh you know i i i think the one thing i like like to say and i i think it's true and uh it's um you know it's just a thought but i think that guys like um punk and uh the guys that are really the the guys raising the bar today, the, you know, Kazara and Brian Daniels and the guys, a lot of the, the young guys, you know, they didn't watch Hulk Hogan and they didn't watch, uh, you know, they watched Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and they watched the fast paced, you know, rock'em, sock'em, stampede wrestling style that came, that I came from in Calgary. And, uh, 
you know, a lot of the guys that wrestled for my dad all came from Tennessee, and there was a lot of that Tennessee mixed in with that Calgary style. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, been, 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 been the way, been the way, uh, to go in the wrestling business. Well, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. We have, we have that the best wrestler on the show right now. So I have to ask you, current WWE Hall of Famer, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer for the WWE that is not already there? Oh, I know I there's so Macho, many. Macho Man for sure. Um, I, you know, my brother Owen belongs in there for sure. Uh, and I think that's happening. I think that's going to happen. I don't see why it won't happen. Uh, I'd be disappointed if it doesn't. Um, you know, um, those are two to name two right off the top. Um, you know, there's 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 probably quite a few guys that um, that belong in there. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure who's all in there yet. That's quite a quite a quite a quite a roster of guys that are already in the WWE from Nikolai Volkov. So, you know, you always you never know who's in there anymore. But I, I assume everyone that belongs there is in there. But the real noticeable guys that are not in there are Macho Man and Owen. And Kurt Angle, see, I'm not sure if he's in there, but uh, he belongs in there for sure, too. All right, Bret Hart is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Bret Hart. You can go to his website, bretheart.com. You can see him uh, in Humboldt, Tennessee on November the 30th. A couple off-the-wall off questions for you real quick. Uh, you're a big fan of creative control and people's uh, careers ending uh, the way that they should end, and The Undertaker's career is going to come to an end uh, fairly soon, people think, sometime in the next few years. How would you end the Undertaker's career and his WrestleMania streak? You know, I don't, I don't even know. Um, you know, Undertaker's. Um, you know, I have nothing but uh, infinite respect for him and uh, and and uh, regard for how he's carried himself in the business. And he's just uh, a guy that's respected by everybody. Um, you know, everyone. He's just been a you know quality one leader in the business in the dressing room. You know, he was never a suck up or anything like that. He was always a guy that earned all his stripes and was always a, you know, a real leader and a role model to everybody from the dressing room down. And, uh, you know, he's just, uh, you know, just, just the best. And, uh, would you, should you think the streak should end at WrestleMania or should he go out on top undefeated? Uh, you know what? I don't even know. I know that uh, watching him the last, uh, you know, they talk about how he's slowing down and he's hurt, and I, we all know he is hurt. And he's had injuries, but the last time I watched him, he looked this—he looked like he was 25 years old. He still mm -hmm. looked like he was could do everything that I ever watched him do, from coming off the top and doing it. You know, I, I have—I I could just stand and salute him. The last few times he's gone out and had matches, uh, he's a great wrestler, and uh, how he—he he should choose whatever whatever suits him best. I know he put his fans first, and. Uh, Vince is a uh, carefully crafted uh, Undertaker's career all from the beginning to now, and uh, I'm sure Vince, how the Undertaker character evolved and the whole mystique about everything in his creation and how he's been used all these years, that's a Vince McMahon uh, pet project, and uh, I'm sure Vince is the one that, uh, it's kind of like, you know, when I think of it, when you look at it, everything, Vince basically has real-life wrestlers as his action toys, and uh mm -hmm. You know, he's got a, the Undertaker action toy that he's going to hang up and put away, and he's going to have, you know, so trust me, Vince is going to have the best ending for you know, mm -hmm. something that he's had in mind for a long time. And it'll be, uh, he may pass the torch to somebody that he wants to pass it to. I know, uh, 
you know, a lot of wrestlers like to do that, like to pass the torch to somebody that they they feel that earned it. I know Piper kind of did that for me, and uh, I really wish that I could have done that for Austin and say in, uh, back in 97, uh, I'd love to have passed the torch to him in uh, some form or fashion, but it never happened. And uh, I know Undertaker, he might take a special interest in, uh, you know, who knows which wrestler and say, I, I want to I do something for this guy, and I want to give him the, uh, the rub that... Uh, that will make him great you know a lot of there's a lot to be said for how he goes out and uh i think that the the the, the reality is that he's going to go out in a really good way and fans will like it i'm sure there's been a lot of thought put into it on both sides vince and uh, undertaker okay uh here's here's an off the wall question for you the uh with breaking bad just going off tv uh here in, in the u.s recently there's been some more talk about the show malcolm in the middle and it and it got me to thinking like bret hart is on every episode of malcolm in the middle in the opening credits and i was just wondering like how did you find out that you were going to be on the opening credits of this fox sitcom you know i don't know um that i ever knew i think i saw it first before i ever um, like were you just watching TV been, one day and you yeah, saw? Yeah, I was just watching TV and there it was. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's cool. And I believe I'm not sure when Malcolm Middle its first episode came on, but it uh, it might have been right after my brother Owen's accident. So I don't I don't know either. It might have been before, you know, which might have been even more ironic, you know, that uh, they use that clip and uh, you know, it's probably everything that happened after. But I, I'm not quite sure when that actually came out. But I know that I never really had any. Um, I don't remember having any know-how of it or, you know, I had never expected it, but I was always, uh, always liked the show. I always thought everyone was in the show was good. Well, and once again, November 30th, the Hitman will be in Humboldt, Tennessee at the Humboldt Middle School. There's a big um, Ultimate 8 Invitational Tournament going to be taking place there and also a meet and greet with the Hitman. Uh, Sonny will be there as well. Um, are you going to stop by Memphis while you're in the Mid-South? I, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Awesome. All right. You going to have lunch with the King? Um, I, I will if he's around, but he's a pretty busy man, Jerry. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, all right, Brett. We do we do appreciate uh, you uh, visiting right, with well, us today. I look forward to getting down there, and uh, you know, it's been a long time, and I hope a lot of fans will come out, and I hope uh, you know, hope it's a, a great benefit for uh, for my good buddy Mo. Um, all right, uh, Brett. We appreciate it, and we will see you in Humboldt, Tennessee, on November the thirtieth. Okay. Take care. All right. Thanks. That's Brett the Hitman Hart joining us from uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, this afternoon. The excellence of execution. The best there is. The best there was. And the best there ever will be. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to MSL on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Sports 56 Middays with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Are you one of many Mid-Southerners who suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around weekday nights flipping channels on your TV while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Well, actually, that would be a little weird. Instead, just invite your friends to be on your team every week at Trivia with Kevin Cerrito. It's more than your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's an entertainment experience with weekly theme nights that will test your knowledge on a wide range of topics. Come see for yourself while Paul Ryburn's journal calls Kevin Cerrito a, quote, trivia master. 
Master. For more information on where to play, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit Facebook forward slash Cerrito Trivia. Or follow Kevin on Twitter at Cerrito. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito. The perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Warnings. Side effects may include winning prizes, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, spending quality time with friends, and dance-offs. Now play Trivia with Kevin Cerrito downtown at Tampa Tap every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 and at the Green Beetle on South Main every Thursday night from 8 to 10. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Welcome back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. Welcome back. That was awesome. We just got done talking with Brett, the Hitman Hart, wrestling legend, one of the best wrestlers of the 1990s. If you missed it, the podcast will be at memphisport.com and on iTunes for free a little bit later on today. This portion of MSL is being brought to you by Gould's Day Spa and Salon. It's a Memphis tradition for over 80 years with more than 12 locations in the Memphis area, including a brand new one coming to Overton Square in the first week of December. There's locations downtown in the Peabody, Olive Branch, uh, Carterville, the one that I went to recently at Poplar Plaza. That one's brand new. Um, there's the one Johnny Radio uh, went to, got his hair all cut up. Shout out to my girl Tiffany. That's out in Germantown. Gould's offer spa and salon services seven days a week. Most locations open as late as 9 p.m. It's where I get my hair cut, where Johnny gets his hair cut, and it's where you should, uh, too. It's a great place to get a nice... Don't have somebody go just butcher your hair. Get a good, nice haircut from a professional at Gould's. But it's also the place to get a gift for your loved one. The holiday season is here. The Red Cups are out of Starbucks. The music's playing on, uh, on across the radio, at the malls. The decorations are up. Holiday season's here. You've got to start planning for the holidays. But don't stress out because the easiest thing to do is just go get a Gould's gift card. It's perfect for any occasion, especially the holiday seasons. You cannot go wrong with a Gould's gift card. Go to GouldSalons.com for more information. That's GouldSalons.com. You can also order the gift card there, and they will mail it to you. You can just stop by and pick one up at any location. So that's uh, Gould's Day Spa and Salon. Uh, every week during the college football season, we're joined by our college football gossip girl, Maria Gray. She living the life just like a movie star. Oh, hey, Maria. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for coming in studio. You're welcome. Marie's in studio. We had Dustin in his studio. We just thought we'd make it a family event. A family event? Where's the kid at? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maria's uh, in studio with us uh, talking about some college football gossip. What do you What do you have? It's a Sunday. Uh, something had to happen yesterday uh, that was just you know, a little okay. controversial, a little inappropriate, a little uh, funny, a little uh, stupid. What happened? Of course we do. We have some wins. We have some losses. But first, we'll start with... Who won? Uh, we don't have Marcus here. It's not as fun, so we can't be like, Oh, Miss won, Mississippi State lost. <laughs> yeah, we can't rub that loss in his face, but uh, Mississippi State actually held their own for, from Alabama a little while. They did. They just don't know how to score. But anyway, in wins, so Kansas Jayhawks, they finally snapped their Big 12 losing streak. They were 27 games into this losing streak. My goodness. <clears throat> they finally win their game, and all the fans charge the field, pull up the goalpost, and... Throw it in the lake behind the stadium. 
They threw the goalpost into the lake? Into the lake. Is this a... I haven't heard of anybody. That is awesome. That is pretty cool. So if the the Tigers uh, finally win the American Conference, you tear down the goalposts, where are they going to take it? Take it all the way down to the river? Take it down to Mississippi. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, goalposts were that removable. They, I, I thought Dude, they, when you got a bunch of crazy people frustrated after 20-something losses, man, they're strong. Oh, I thought you were going to say 20-something adult beverages apiece. <laughs> hey, yeah, they had about those, too. <laughs> college football game. I thought they made they did like reinforce them a little bit more, but I guess they didn't have to worry about it at Kansas. No, uh, they didn't uh, think they were going to win anything. But because people would tear down goalposts all the time, um, but that kind of died down, and the security would like, guard the goalposts. I guess they didn't care. Yeah, I haven't seen either. it done in a while. Right. Well, I wonder if they'll get fined because I know that when Ole Miss uh, charges the field, we get fined for that. I'm sure. That, I'm sure that if there is a fine out there, they'll get it. Yeah, tearing down goalposts is dangerous because if you climb up, you have to climb up on it and knock it down. Right. And the people hanging onto it are gonna hurt themselves. It's dangerous. <laughs> well, there are pictures later after the fact. People went in and took the goalpost out and tried to carry them home with them. And the picture is hilarious because the goalpost is just hanging out of the car. <laughs> So how far is the, the the lake? Okay, I don't think I don't think it'd be possible with Memphis to take care of the goalposts all the way to the Mississippi. That'd be too far, right? Probably. Like you can drive well you can't take There's what street would you take? You can't go through Midtown. That means you're gonna have to get on I guess you can take it down Union Avenue and they used to have like you got the three lanes anyway, no turning lanes going on. Yeah. You'd have the space. I mean it's not you're gonna, gonna be heavy right for thirty thousand fans. Pull it with that like tiger fire truck. Hold it on thirty thousand fans, man, you're dreaming. That's what they announced at the games. Let's come up with a different place to take it. Well, I don't know. What would be better? I don't know. Hey, it's a poll. Let's take it to the local, you know, gentlemen's club. <laughs> take it to the old Platinum Plus. Let's get Plus. them girls dancing on that stuff. <laughs> at the old Platinum Plus? I don't know about that. That's what we should do. Bring back Platinum. Right down, right, uh, down the mountain from us here at Flynn You Broadcast. know what? We are geniuses. Throwing the goalposts in the lake. That's a new thing. I like that. I like the idea of you don't just tear it down if, you, if you've got a mission. you got to put it somewhere. Let's a tear it down and then put it somewhere. So Memphis needs to Mississippi River. It's all right um, of an idea, but there's got to be something else. I don't know. I think I'm down with the Mississippi. I'm down with throwing in Mississippi. Throw that sucker right down the street, platinum. I mean, there's Overton Park and throw in a Rainbow Lake pretty easily. Um, there, there's other bodies of waters. Take it to platinum. That's not a bad idea. Put it in the fountain out in front of the Liberty Ball. Just put it in the fountain. <laughs> the fountain's real close. If we put it in the Mississippi, it might disintegrate. Oh, it would. It, you don't want to know what would <laughs> what would happen to him. Some like three eyed fish get all tangled <laughs> up in it and stuff. All right, Maria Gray right. joining us right now, uh, talking some uh, college football gossip. Anything else happen? Yeah, let's go on to the losses. Okay, so we know that we all get really mad when we lose games, right? Right. Yeah. We well, lose anything. Will Monopoly it, football. Well, when Dustin loses anything, he loses his mind. So. <laughs> He's very competitive. But anyway, Will Muschamp, you know, head coach of the Florida Gators, mm-hmm. he got really mad, walks into a press conference with his hand all bloody, and they're, all the reporters there are like, what happened to your hand? He's like, oh, no big deal. I just punched a chalkboard. Punched a chalkboard? Mm-hmm. What, did he punch it yesterday, uh, yesterday's game? After the were- on the inside. Pound on the inside. Pound on the inside. They, he... <laughs> Uh, they were they were winning. That was a shocker almost yesterday. Like looking at that score, Muschamp versus the old ball coach. I was like, you got a real coach on the, the the side of the Gamecocks, and you got this overrated defensive genius who doesn't know how to torn up the the chalkboard, right? Broken it into millions of pieces. Well, later on, he goes to tell the fans that they needed to get a grip 
because fans are none too happy with him after his five straight conference lo- loses, losses, loses, <laughs> loses, losses. After his five straight losses, so they got to start calling it loose if you've got so been, many of them. Yeah, fans have been crying for the release of him, and he told them to get a grip during the press conference. So uh, he was just not all there, bloody hand. He, I got, I got to say, I, if I was Florida, I would, I would fire him. James Franklin, bring him in next year. You're doing better with, you're doing better than with James Franklin. You're doing better with so many people. Not saying I got to do the, the hiring of the coach. Of course, Florida, it may not be the right year because they've got uh, USC is going to get the best coach available because they're going to pay uh, however much they want to pay and get the best coach. But I don't know if I can trust Muschamp much longer of running Florida because he's running into the ground. All right, Maria. We I got... know who should be the coach for Florida. Coach O. Tell my Hummer, you need a Hummer. Tell him about it, JoJo. Dude, he'd be great. <laughs> it would be. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, we got to hang up and listen on the other side. Uh, Maria, do you want to stick around for a minute? Sure, I'll stick around. All right, uh, 360-8255 is the phone number, 360-8255. The first caller gets $10 to ease 24-hour cafe. The best caller, we got Memphis tickets and other great prizes on the line uh, for that. That's hang up and listen slash your Sunday confessional. That's coming up. On the other side of the break, you're listening to MSL on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. 